The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome along to this week's podcast, and I'm delighted to be joined by making Big Bank, David you, Cuddy. You can call me David. Can I call you David? You can call me David. If you're unfamiliar with me or David... You can go back and listen to earlier podcasts where at the start of the Wood from the Trees podcast, I interviewed David and asked him a little bit about himself. And My got mentor. To, and got to know him. And then six or seven episodes into your podcast, you interviewed me. Mm. So you can go back and do a bit of research and have a listen. There's no real point in getting into it now. In oh, a, no, no. In a nutshell, tell us what you do for a living. <sighs> I am a timber relocation operative engineer. Okay. So you move the timber out to the forest. Out to the end of the road there and your man comes and picks it up in the truck. That, that is simplifying a little. That's, a, that's what it is. I'm a, could, no, it's not. That means you just talk. You pick up the timber just, in the are forest. You, are you a talker? Yeah, that's or are I, you a presenter? I talk. I'm there a talker. You go. You're also a presenter. No, I work in cut to logging. Uh, family business. My father was that. My uncles are all that. My brothers. Except for my older brother, Sean. And we just all kind of either drive trucks or we do cut to logging. Where you go in and you cut it down and bring it out the road and then it's hauled to the mill. I think what a lot of people will find interesting is that <laughs> me and you have genuinely become the best of friends. Oh no, we are. We're the two best friends that anybody could have. People We're the two. don't know what to make of us really or if the crack and banter is real. But we would talk to each other every day on the phone. Oh no, we would. Or send messages and annoy each other. Annoy each other. Which I find way more funny than you. But you annoying me. Well, I enjoy it a lot more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, I don't have the time for photoshopping and stuff that you do be at. I, I love photoshopping. I wish I had your time. I'm good at it, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. I was delighted when Mark Zuckerberg took down your false information post last week. Just such an annoying thing. Does yeah. that not annoy you? Ah, sure, look, I don't, I don't think about it too much. How many have you had removed? Oh, a lot. Have you though? Oh, yeah. When I brought out the gin, the, every single one of them were removed. Really? Yeah. It's a good job it sold out as quick as it did, because if I was depending on social media, I wouldn't have sold it. 
what were they taking down yours for for advertising drink? No, hate speech. Cookie gin, hate speech. So I'd say, here's my cookie gin. It's whatever it is. <laughs> and they'd say, we have removed your post for hate speech. Well, I wasn't hating on any other distillery. They removed my post of your sexy tight arse for monkeypox. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know what that says about your arse, but they, Maybe it was that's monkey why I'm single. Or the coronavirus. Po- monkeypox arse. Yeah. David, um, it's good to talk to you. And it's, it, you know, it's a good outlet. And I think you're dying to have a chat as well. I am. I am. A lot has happened now in the last while. And I haven't been doing my own podcast in a while as well. Right. So, so since we last spoke, you've released your own workwear, your I own have. Heli Hansen workwear, which is huge. Like, and this isn't an ad. I'm not fucking bigging it up saying, you know. It's not an ad, but if you go to davidcuddy.ie. <laughs> no, but to, to be associated with such a, um, a huge brand like that. Yeah. It's mega. Yeah, I... I I was really fighting hard to get that. Yeah. Because people were always asking me, I want workwear and I'd like to have workwear. And I was trying loads of stuff and I was wearing them. And even before Christmas, I'd be sent trousers and certain brands that wanted me to wear them. And I just didn't think any of them were, because they're all expensive. Like all workwear is expensive. And I have this, remember me and you talked before when you were thinking of doing something and I told you, look, whatever you do, just try and do the best stuff you can. And when you're trying to do the best, it just gets expensive and then you have to spend so much money and it was it was a huge investment and it was a huge risk. But people that got them, they, they love them. But it's just everything then, just just loads of changes happened then. Everything was a mess and there was a mess with fulfillment and then dad was sick and then we were busy at work and yeah, it was, it was tough. It was and tough. you're a dad. And I'm a dad, yeah. But that's the, that's the best part of my life, isn't it? And how is the gear going for you? Yeah, flying. flying. Are you happy with it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, w- I've, I, I would have been way more happy if stuff would have went out there quicker. People were waiting a long time. And right. That was frustrating, but it's just all sorted now. And I can release it again. Because I have stuff at home for the last <laughs> two, two months, nearly a month, that I couldn't sell. I couldn't flog it off in good faith, knowing that some people hadn't got their stuff. I know. So I just held it there and just waited. And sadly, uh, your dad passed away recently. Mm, two, two and a half weeks ago. And how are you doing since? That's a weird one. That, not great. But everyone's like that. Do you know, we're... Um, I was rough. He was sick for so long. And we thought he was... I'm going to cry. He was sick for so long and we were hoping... Not that he'd pass, but he'd go quicker without suffering. And Mammy and Mark were... My younger brother Mark, he was at home. And he lives there. And, like, for the last six months, they have not left his side, like, doing everything for him. And mum and dad were married 60 years Wednesday, two weeks ago. I think it's two and a half weeks ago. And we had a, a party, a 60-year wedding anniversary party. And that night when we went home, the nurses said, you know, we don't think he's going to last the night. So we all went up to the house and everyone was there, his, his brothers, his sisters, everyone. And... He he just woke up the next morning. Then like we thought he was gonna pass. We thought he wouldn't last the night. And then he just woke up the next morning looking for a drink. And we stayed there then until Father's Day when he he passed. And it was lovely. Like we we were just so happy he he went that he we were hoping that he'd go because it was it was just not nice. It was not nice for Mam and and we thought we were ready for it. And then he went. And it was just the most surreal experience in my life. Everyone's there. Nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, and he and he's just gone. Like it's, 
just wasn't ready for it. Thought it was. It was rough now. And did he did he know what was going on? I don't think so. You were so close with your dad. We we're a close family. Yeah. Like it, it was hard. And you're watching everyone in your family just broken hearted. And then you see your mom and she's like it's just crazy, like devastated. Yeah. Like sixty years. And she was there like, What am I gonna do without you? And it was just it was really difficult. It was I never felt that like it. And then it's that bit's over and then you're busy and everyone's trying to get stuff done and you're trying to get ready for the the funeral and you kind of forget a little then you know because you're busy and uh, you know you're getting ready for the funeral and then the wake happens you know you we went down and dug the grave and never done anything like that before and so many people help and I, I was so amazed like family like cousins aunties, uncles, friends, and they all come together. And Even the whole grave thing, like cousins, is just, it's just, you never forget these things. And it was, it was just, you never had that experience before, it was new. And it gave me a whole new perspective on, on stuff. And then the day we dug the, fun- we dug the grave and then we came home and my sisters were ringing saying, oh, the, the wake has started, there's people calling to the house. And... We stood from two, three o'clock in the morning, no, two, three o'clock in the day till half ten, eleven o'clock that night. The place was packed with so many people, and you're kind of numb to it then. And then the next day, it's just the coffin clothes and stuff. It's just, it was surreal. It was very surreal. And afterwards, I just, I went to bed. I just after we were supposed to go to the pub for a few drinks, I just went to bed. I was wrecked. You slept from like 8 o'clock that evening. Slept from 8 o'clock that evening until the next day. And then you get up and you have a chat with your brothers. And, you know, you think you're on the, you know, you just have to get on with things. You're lucky in a lot of ways that you have a big family. Oh, yeah. You have a lot of support. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Very lucky. And everyone's in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. And at the house then... You know, because there were so many people coming and going and you had to set up the little tent out the back and then they had to get the field ready for the cars. Mm. Who, like, were you coordinating that before your dad passed? Or did that all happen instantly? No, that was, like, cousins and family. Everyone just um, put the shoulder bro- to the wheel. My brother-in-law, Dermot, he was, um, we have a lorry yard. Mm. And we were down there and we were moving stuff and getting it set up and parked the cars there. And Dermot, first cousin, he says, uh, that's not going to be enough, you're going to have to use the field. Yeah. I mean, they hardly need that. And he goes, no, you need it. And there was a meadow in it. So he rings his brothers. They come up and they mowed, bale it, moved the bales in an hour or two. Stop. Yeah. And then they bring a digger up and they make a They a made driveway. a new road, like. Yeah. A brand new road out yeah. of the field. And then it was just, you know, people just do it. People bring up food. It was <laughs> I was coming out of the field saying... If I get a flat tire coming out of this <laughs> Cuddy's cousin is going to get it. He's going to get it from me. And no. I got to the end of the road and I saw Cuddy's cousin. He was about eight foot tall. <laughs> I said, oh yeah, see you now, thanks. Big, big lads. But no, it was, a, it was an eye-opener. And, and afterwards then, like, it's only, it's only not that long ago. And you think you're okay and then you have these moments. And people message me. Loads of people message you. And they, you know, sorry for your troubles and whatever. And then some people send these messages, you know, it's a long road and it comes in waves and you're there. Right, okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. You, you know, thanks very much, but I, I think I've, I'm fine, like. Right. 
you're not every so often like I was telling you before I was for the, the day after the funeral I thought it was okay I thought it was grand I got my rest and mm. and then I went down to the graveyard and I just got out of the car I just wanted to go down myself and and then someone just came over and said oh I'm sorry to hear about your dad and that was I was gone I was, I, was <laughs> I was explaining it to someone during the week I felt like I was emotionally incontinent so you know I just I'm fine and then I'm not fine and then you ring your brothers and your sisters and everyone's the same and Ma's the same and it's hard to watch ma'am, you know, she's we're trying to stay with her, everyone taking turns. Yeah. But she still has to go to bed at night on her own. Would you have cried much before your dad passed away? I a little tear here and then watching a film, my eyes well up. I'm an emotional guy. Right. You know, sometimes I could uh well up if the kids done something really that made me happy or yeah or if Bambi got run over I don't care about Bambi but I have um, Iron Giant made me cry and there's a few little programs like that Marley okay. and me will always get you going and the last night in the machine you had a little last episode last night was the worst since daddy died right so let's just set the scene here so you're out the, in the middle of the forest I was out the, now I worked the night before last as well I was fine yeah and this has never happened to me I've Never had this happen to me in my adult life. I was just driving the machine. I was listening to a song, listening to the music. And then this song came on. Had nothing got to do with parents. It had nothing got to do with dad or anything. But it just triggered something. And I was remembering dad. And I was there. Oh, fuck, he's not here. And I got really sad. And that sadness then turned into this... I was bawling like. Like I was weird. I was... So well, it's not weird. It's not. It's natural. No, but when you haven't done it before, you go, "I can't believe this is this is what it feels like." So and everyone does it. Everyone goes through this. So all those messages that I got sent that I didn't understand when I read them, I understand them now. So you have a little bit more empathy for people, and you you understand what. How lucky am I that I'm forty two, and I've never felt this sorrow? How how lucky am I as a human? Yeah. And it just it just changes your your perception. I'm 42. I got to have all those years with my dad. He got to see so many of his kids. He he got to pass on not worrying about any of his kids. Isn't that a dream for any parent? Yeah. That you know your kids are okay. So you you feel happy, but you, it's sad as well. And you get kind of tired talking about it. So you're in the middle of your shift at work. Yeah. In the middle of the forest. Yeah. On your own in the machine. Hmm. And you just start crying. Yeah. Did you stop working? Yeah, yeah. Did you, yeah, I stopped working. Did you sit there? For, like, what did you do? Did you just, just compose I, I yourself? Was, <laughs> I was trying to stop crying. And the more I tried to stop, the worse it got. And then I was there. How the fuck is this happening to me? What is going on? And what were you thinking about? Dad. Just thinking about dad. It was just one Anything little memory. Like? One little memory turned into a, a hundred different memories. Do you know, like um, Christmases and... Like, uh, just a weird shit like that. All the little advice he gives you. Even though it might have been mad wrong advice, <laughs> but it, was, it was still daddy's advice. And you just, you're never going to hear it again. It's it's sad. It's terrible. And then you start thinking about ma'am. So that was, yeah, it's rough now. Mams are made of tough stuff though. And uh, your mum is exceptionally yeah, tough. Yeah, she, she is. She's, she is rock she, hard. Yeah, she's some woman. She really is some woman. I don't know how she, God, she... She loved Dad and she, Ma loved Daddy and Daddy loved Mammy. Like up until maybe, like all while he was sick, you, you go up 
and Mammy f- was feeding him. She like everything, yeah. and she'd be rubbing his hair and kissing him, and and even like our our lifetime. I only remember at nighttime, Mam and Dad just Mam would come over and sit on his knee or sit beside him on the couch, and it'd always be lovely, lovely. Yeah, but we were lovely, lovely anyway. You spoke about that before when we were yeah. talking. Yeah, so it's just ah, look, it, he. If he taught us anything, he taught us how to love our women, I suppose. And, and I'd say your mum had a smile for everyone that came through the house. Ah, she did, yeah. yeah. You know, I she, don't know how she stood for that long. I don't know how she did either. I don't know how she did it. She spoke to everyone. And at one point, someone went up to him and go, Mad, there's a, like, there's a queue for about two hours out there. You're going to have to yeah. you know, just shake hands with people. She goes, people are ever coming this far. I'm going to talk to them. I know. So I just had to go at her pace and... And it was a slow pace. It was because slow there were so many people to talk to, and it wasn't. A, it wasn't like a normal funeral, right? Where you'd go into the house, and if you only knew one of the family, you'd go to them and you'd shake hands. But when you got in, everyone had like everyone had to have a go at you. You were nearly attacked the second mm. you went in the door. Yeah. Who are you? And you were introduced then to all the other brothers, and then everyone was having a chat with you. And yeah. it was great that you had that support and that no, banter a, as well. There, there's so mu- so many of us. It was sharing of the hardship we had. Yeah. You know, it was, it was interesting. Does change you, just change a little. We went out in Galway a few weeks ago, you and I, and that was the first time I realised how mega famous you are. Mega famous. Mega famous. Like a mega pint of wine. Like a mega pint of wine. Like we couldn't go anywhere. We walked through Duns. Some somebody was hounding you for photos. We were just walking down the road. Those girls hounding you for photos. And everywhere we went, somebody was putting a camera in front of your face. Hmm. And some of them weren't even asking you. They were just. How are you, David? Yeah. Photo, keep walking. Mm. And you're you're the only friend of mine that I I know that that happens to. Do you know, I have some mega famous friends, but it doesn't happen to them. Mm. But there's something about you that people... See, maybe they don't see me a lot. So I, I spend... I'm insulated from that a lot when I'm in the forest. They don't see you in person a lot. So they don't see me in person I know. I don't go too many places. Like, I have a very... Um, not boring, but I have a very quiet life. Yeah. Like, I but get up in the morning, I go to the woods, and I'm there all day. And so then, during the funeral, did you find anyone a little bit weird? There was a couple of moments that have burned into my memory already. Yeah, there was... Do you want to talk about them? I, there was... Yeah, there was two... There was a couple of things. So there was a couple at the funeral that didn't... One in particular. Can I just say why I'm asking? Yeah. So me... And another friend of mine were in the queue, mm. and he's a singer. Yeah, and he had people coming up to him asking him for hugs and photos. Yeah, and I'm like, "We're here at a funeral." Do you know what I mean? There's a time and a place. And then I was thinking, "What's that man going through in there in the sitting room?" But most people are sound. Most people are nice. They're genuinely coming to pay their respects, yeah. the same as we all would. Yeah. But this this one person in particular, and I, co- I co- it was such a shock to me. Because we were in where my, my dad was. In, you know the way everyone's in a, in a row? Yeah. And you're just shaking hands with everyone. And then this woman comes over and she goes, oh, we came up, we, we follow you, and you know, and thanks a million for coming up. And then she just stands back towards where my dad's coffin is, just stands back a bit, and she goes, would you send a video to my friend? She loves you. And I was there, I, I don't have my phone with me. And then she goes, no, it's all right, I'll do it. And she just sticks out the phone, puts it in my face and asks me to 
record it. So let's set the scene here. Yourself and your brothers are all lined up. Yeah. And your dad is laid out behind you. Mm. And she takes a step back mm. and goes to film you. Yeah. And asks you to be a performing monkey yeah. for her friend. It was a bit mad. And what happened next? I just, uh, look, I just did it. and I You just, did it? I did it. I, I'm sure I was just, I just did it. And what did you have to do? Uh, Howie Mary, you know, I uh, hope you have a good day. Happy birthday or whatever. In the but, middle of the funeral? Yeah. And then another one which kind of gave me a little bit of butter, right? <laughs> it was the day after that. that we went to, I went to Ross Gray because naively, I was like, oh, I'll go to Ross Gray because no one will know me because everyone that asks me, I'm going to start crying. But sure, everyone knows you. And I was walking down the street and this person just, uh, I'm sorry about your dad. I started crying. And then she just put, came up beside me, took a photo and just went. And I blew him like. <laughs> You're crying at the side of the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. And she just walked on. Wow. Yeah, that was, that, that was uh, but I don't experience that a lot. That was the first two that I felt, God, I feel like shit after that. Can't believe you did that. A bit of a, you know, it was a it was a negative aspect of what you do, and you have to. I don't know whether you should expect it, but you have to expect unexpected. I don't think you should expect no, and I think no matter what you do, there has to be boundaries. Certainly on a day like that, and it's not as if it's not as if anyone was left wondering what was going on because you share the good and the bad. You always share the good and the bad, mm. and people that follow David, they knew. They knew how the house was laid out. They knew how the, the machinery was in the yard. They knew that the truck was there. People were able to follow along with the funeral because you had it up as well. Hmm. Which, you know, some people that some people might say, oh, maybe you shouldn't have put that up or maybe, you know, you should have a bit of privacy. But at the same time, you're very open well, and we, very about sharing everything. When, when he passed, we talked about what we were... I never done anything from the time he was sick. Hmm. I never put one video. Because I didn't know how. I, I was, I wasn't able. Right. And then people started wondering, are you, are you dead? <laughs> what happens? Because we hadn't told anyone what was going on. Because he was only dying at the time. Mm. And then he died. And I didn't know what to do. And people, like me and Garrett and Greg, we all talked about it. And they go, look, we want to give this guy a send-off that he mm. deserves. Yeah. And we were going to, we wanted to show everyone what kind of a, a send-off he was getting. We wanted to show, uh, we wanted to have it. For later, there was yeah. loads of things we didn't pop. I didn't pop any pictures of inside or anything, just him leaving. Mm. It, we, that was all we done. We just, of, of him leaving and going down. And the reason he was on the truck is because he never actually got a spin in the he truck. Ne- that was the only truck that came around that he didn't. And he, Daddy was a Volvo no. he Like yeah. Volvo trucks, Dad bought the first uh, huge, big, like real purpose-built Volvo in Ireland in, back in 1973. Wow. And he was a Volvo no trucks cars everything and that was just so there was an awful lot more there was an awful lot more meaning in what you were doing rather than just a spin in the truck it was this particular truck yeah and we we wanted to give him that and we have it now we always have it and I know I'm going to be able to look at it after a while and and be happy about it now I can't look at it but but now I know I will you know I know I will someday (laughs) Go Craigan. But that's okay. Yeah. It's rough. But it's okay to cry. No, I know that. But you get tired of it. It's draining. And you know, it's like, everyone does it. Everyone does this. So you keep telling yourself, no, this is normal. This is as normal as someone being born. And you just have to push on. 
because life doesn't stop you have to stay but what an awful lot of people don't know as well is that you have an awful lot going on you know you're a busy man and there's an awful lot going on and you're probably not even getting three hours sleep a night but mo- but most people I've noticed that in I've noticed that in the last 20 years everyone is nearly busy and anyone that has any kind of success is flat to the mat yeah but you push yourself really hard I don't know anyone that doesn't do what I do my my I have nephews I have nephews that are half three every morning are out on their truck. Uh, I have nephews that are out on machines every morning at six o'clock. All my brothers get up. Yeah, that's fine. But they're not pushing themselves then. Selling a shop and getting products and thinking about the next thing and thinking about six months and thinking about 12 months. They're working hard at what they're doing. A lot of, we all work hard. You're working hard at three different things. Yeah, but the the problem with what I'm doing is I'm learning as I go with that end of it. And I'm finding... Social media for me is is changing drastically. It's really getting demoralizing now. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be real. I'm trying to be myself. Yeah. And I feel that I'm it's an industry where you're penalized for being yourself. Everyone wants your followers and wants your stuff, but they don't want you to be you. And I keep thinking, oh, maybe now we'll just read this through. People are gonna appreciate people that follow me appreciate. They know the crack. Fuck me, it's a weird industry. I know, sure. Look at me. I left the day job to go at it full time. Mm. I'm in a very strange place at the minute. But what you're talking about there is people want your followers, but they don't, they don't want you to be you. So like if a brand of car tire comes to you and says, we want to sponsor you, but we don't want you to say X, Y, and Z. Mm. That's what you're talking about. And all I want to do is chat. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm going to say mental things. Yeah. But surely in an open conversation, anything should be able to be talked about. I'm not fucking inciting hatred around. I'm not saying, go out and kill any neighbour you have one eye. Like, I know what you mean. It's just normal conversation. Mm. That's just a little bit demoralising. And then, it doesn't matter what you do in Ireland, It's if, you, if people think you're getting any form of success, it's time to hate you. Yeah, look at that dick. Yeah. Look at your man there with his sponsored car. It's, yeah. That he yeah. has to bend over bro, for 12 months. I know. And jump through hoops mm. and do a hundred different things. Yeah. And at the end of the 12 months, it's probably not even worth having the car. I know. Like, I know people in the industry that had a car for a year and then said, Oh, I wouldn't take it. I'm not doing it again. I wouldn't do it. Not in a million years. Yeah. And I've been offered them. Not if I was paid. No, sorry. Well, if it I depends, was paid, it depends on the terms and conditions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the brand, I'm really lucky with, say, Port West at the minute. Mm. I've been a brand ambassador with Port West since 2016 and I had 2,000 followers. And the whole time, they just allowed me to do what I want and to be myself. And it's the same now. They send me a fleece and they don't say, put that up and tag us and do this and do that. They just want you to wear it and they just want you to be yourself and do your, your own thing. And but I'm very lucky. But that's lucky. Like You're lucky that you can do that because you're, I don't know whether you're, how do I explain it? Maybe I'm in it from a rougher background, or maybe I'm from a. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I'm brought up. I never feel like I'm doing anything that warrants the shadow banning and the shit that I get. I I yeah. I really don't know what I'm saying wrong. All I feel I do is try and motivate young people to look. If it doesn't work out in college, or if it doesn't work out with this job, as long as you get up and do something every day, you'll be grand. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, tell the truth. Don't lie. Stop fucking watching so much porn. Stop wanking. 
get a woman, love her, take on a bit of responsibility. Stop. But but, but this is well, don't be fucking pulling the belly of yourself every night of the week, like. Right. That's a slippery fucking slope, like. Right. One minute you're looking right, at so. lesbians, and the next thing you're fucking. Stop now. This is where you, this is where I'm going to stop you <laughs> and draw the line. But you see what I mean? But so we 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 could have a different. I don't know. I'm doing that wrong there. I'm just chatting the way. But I, I knew well that the next thing out of your mouth was something that you you shouldn't say. Yeah. So maybe it's good that you're here to do that. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. But there's never any malice in what I'm doing. I know what you mean. So I I just find it a little bit frustrating because uh, I know I'm a, a good man. Yeah. I know I have no malice intent in me. But I think some people as well are just, you know, like you say, people look at people doing very well and they just look for an excuse. It's like what I'm doing now. So I try and come up with content that's somewhat funny and relatable. And I just, I'd, I'd never call myself funny and I'd never call myself a comedian and I'm not. Hmm. But I'll just think of something, something that I think is relatable, like being out in the bog, and then I bang it up online, and I don't think too much about it. Well, I overthink it before I do it, and then once it's up there, I don't think about it ever again. But you'll have the odd person then, that once somebody comes along and says, oh, this coffee company wants to pay me now to do a video. And they're like, oh, he's getting paid now. He's mm. getting pa- that. You see, he's gone like the feckin' rest of them now. But you're giving yourself six days a week. Yeah. And then the coffee, for, for, for nothing. Yeah. You're putting eight, ten hours a day into Instagram. Yep. And then the coffee company come around on Sunday and want to give you a few bob. And then suddenly everyone turns against, not everyone, no, but, but a I'm lot of people turn yeah. against you and like, oh, you've sold your soul now to coffee. You don't even drink coffee. Yeah. And you're like, well, how else am I supposed to Make support myself yeah. and create content and put up this stuff five days a week, six days, seven days a week? And, like, say, for instance, I was on Clare Island last night. I must have replied to well over 100 messages Weird this morning. Weird second name. Huh? Weird second name. Clare Island. Island. Yeah. God, <laughs> 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 you're so slow. Oh, Cl- All right, Clare Island. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. yeah. On, anyway, and I was saying to you there, I must have replied to over 100 messages this morning, telling people where to go. You know, what to do, where to stay, sending them phone numbers, sending them email addresses. Uh, people like asking you, is there, um, is there an option for celiacs? <laughs> uh, and, you know, and that's what, that was one of the questions. That's fine. And I, I, I rang the restaurant and said, do you cater for celiacs? And he said, oh, yeah, we cater for everyone. There's a vegan cafe out the back of the island. And then I replied. But then on Sunday, I'll put up something saying now that I'm sponsored by these pens. Yeah. And somebody will be like, oh, yeah, look at this fella now. Unsponsored by pens. Yeah, it's a weird one. What a dick. It is a weird one. It doesn't happen in the US. It doesn't happen in places like that. I'd say it does. No, I'd say it. it doesn't. I'd say it does. I'd say everyone gets... I'd say they get it worse in the US. No, I doubt it. No, no absolutely. Have uh, you watched YouTube? Have you watched TikTok? DMs, like. You no. don't think that... No, no, no. DMs. What do you mean? DMs me whole. If you were in England, if you were in the UK, and if you were in... Um, any other country do you think you'd be crawling up now uh, well, how, how many followers have you I don't know something like 64,728 so you don't think it's weird <laughs> how that just popped going real slow and what do you mean they shoot up so far and then you stop oh yeah no I don't I, I know what's going on like. You, like you work in media yeah I'm only new to media the last three or four years and it's a shut shop unless you're sucking the ball sack I believe that 100%. Mm. Prove me wrong. 
No, there's definitely aspects of that that um, you're you're 100 right. There's a lot of there's a lot of licking, licking ass. And you're watching all this stuff, and say when you go and you you're looking at it, so you're just saying, oh, see what's on it, and you're looking at all these people giving life advice and motivational advice and the fuckers having thing done their life. Yeah, you're like, what have you done? I've I, I watched this young lad giving relationship advice one day. He didn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, I'm married uh, years, and I wouldn't dream of giving relationship advice because I'm fucking winging it as I go. I know. What's the um, what's the worst DM you've got lately? <sighs> lately, what's the last one? Hope your child falls down the stairs. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Went up for a few days to on holidays and got one DM with. I hope your child falls down that stairs. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. I can get weird stuff like that. See, like I told you, I, I have a system every night, 20 minutes. I spend 10 minutes on one app, 10 minutes on another, and I drift in and out of uh, TikTok or whatever. And I try and read messages. I try to get back to people. You're actually. very good at getting back to people. Yeah, I try. It has to be said. But um, you just you look at that and you go, oh, well, you just just move on. Right. Just move on. People like that don't bother me. People like that don't bother me. Now, it, it, people like that genuinely don't bother me. It's the industry that bothers me. It's the machine of it really frustrates me. And it leaves you in a situation where you, you have to go down the route of selling merchandise. And then I don't want to sell shy. So the only way that I can fund all the time you put into it is to sell merchandise. So it's a, And I really enjoy the podcast. That's why I'm finding I love doing the podcasts. Haven't done them in a while now because uh, I wasn't able to everything going on and stuff. But I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy talking because you feel a little bit freer. And at least when you tell me, "Oh, hold on, hold on," it's you, and you're nearly no. Don't get yourself in trouble on my platform or whatever. Mm. I don't want to listen to shit. But at least it's not a faceless, nameless prick that wants to sell something. No, I mean it has. A, does it? It's a bit constructive when I'm. It, I it, used to it, do it, sketches. I used to do sketches, which I thought. Uh, not blowing me on Trump, but I thought they were funny. Just little jokey things and funny things. Right. And uh, I wouldn't dare putting any of them up now. The, like, no. I, <laughs> I got a lot of shit when you were throwing the tampons at us in Galway. Like, in fairness, how would you get shit from that? I did. Yeah, I got a lot. A lot of people, a lot of abuse directed at you. Me for, and you couldn't have, before For what we, you were doing. Before we started hanging. Me and you couldn't have had two different platforms. They, they couldn't have no, no. had two more different platforms. Yours was 100% for men and mine was 90% for... Yeah. Not saying that it was... Uh, my content isn't for ladies, but for some reason, 90% of my following was ladies They've when we first your, met. they seen your art. And that was it. <sighs> That's getting a bit old now as well. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, is not. No, but it... I get such anxiety every time you say that. Go on. No, but... Once, when we started hanging then, there was a little bleed off. Yeah. There was a few lads coming over to yeah, me going, and, uh, if you Jesus, you're not too bad. And yeah, a few yeah. women going over to you going, Jesus, mm. you're not too, you're a bit of crack. Yeah. And maybe having you on the podcast was, a, maybe I should have someone pulling me back a little. Even though I still don't think I'm doing anything wrong. In my head, <laughs> I feel Well, I don't I, think I'm pulling you back. <laughs> I think I'm just structuring it a little bit for you. Maybe. She's. I definitely don't think I'm ho- like I'm pulling you back. No, pulling me back from doing something wrong. Yeah. But I, in my head, I still don't think I'm doing anything wrong. Yeah. 
Okay. You know, so it's a it's a difficult one for me. And you you try and help me as much as you can. And I'm like Yeah, there. well for example what there was, did, there was a time there was a time in one in one podcast where you insulted a particular part of the community and you like you genuinely didn't know that that was an insult. No. You just thought that was a, a turn of phrase. I can't even remember what it was. Well, I'm not getting into it now. But yeah. All right, okay. And, uh, that wasn't an insult. Oh no, that was highly, highly, really? highly offensive. Like uh, you couldn't be any more offensive. Really? Yeah, but you, I understand where you get you got it from. Where does it end? Where does it end? Where does it end? I don't know. We're not going to figure it out here on this podcast, anyway. That's for sure. We're not. But you have to have your own. Like you have to have your own morals as well and your own beliefs and stick to them as best exactly. you can. And and that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I I don't want to have on the day that someone tells me what I should say and to make me say something that I don't believe I'll pull the plug on everything I'm not doing it Mm. I'm not doing it no fucking way I'd rather just sit in my machine happily and never do any of it again because I know the most important things in my life aren't haven't got to do with social media like I live for my kids I live for my wife I go to bed every night and I grab her hand and I fall asleep. And I wake up at night time and I take Clark to Tyler or I go in in the morning before I go to work and you have these little humans that you made and it's, that's that's life. So the rest of it, I see where it goes. But um, there's more to life than what everyone thinks there is. And I definitely believe that now. 100%. Yeah. 100%. The minute the... I was never more certain when we were all in that room that I wanted to have loads of kids. I want, I want to have, I'd love to have more kids. Because like, what, what do you have when you get older if you don't have them? Yeah, but I do worry about you sometimes. I worry that you put too much pressure on yourself. And I worry that you're, you just don't know how to take a break. I took a break this week. My friend came home from the US and made me take a break. And now you're back into it harder than you ever were. You have to. I know, but even that phrase, Dave, where you said, like, I want to have loads of kids. No, I'm not. Uh, Vicky has a say in it, too. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's a beautiful thing when you get older. But, but we three forget. kids is loads. Yeah, but is it? we're not having enough kids in society. You just turn that a little bit towards you again. Sorry. Like, I don't think we're all having enough kids. But sure, that's not for you. <laughs> like... You're not going to sit here and re- like repopulate the whole fucking no, country. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying that we <laughs> we we live in a society now where you you have to pay to live in a world you're born into. Right? That's the harsh reality of it. Right. And everyone is in such a a ball to have all these things that we we forget what's really important. I'm never getting an awful kick in the hole. I I was going a direction that I only realise now that I'm, I don't think that I'm happy with the direction I'm going. You've like, only realised it now. Yeah, I I I was I had forgot something. What? Just I I just don't care about stuff. <laughs> I really don't. I don't care about stuff anymore. What do you mean, like, like the, like the jeep or? Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. But I I haven't for ages. I just, I'm on this, I started the business and I was driving around shit cars for ages because I remember I told you about my money problems and I never cared. 
just fucking pulling myself out of it. I just want Vicky and them to be happy. Mm. And I bought the Jeep because I'd worked so hard and I wanted something. Yeah. And I have it now and it's it's grey. But I don't, you know, it just proves. I've waited for that and waited for it. And now I have it. It's like, hmm. <laughs> I just want to, I don't know what I want. I want to, I want, I love working. I like the hustle. I just don't know what I'm hustling to anymore. I was enjoying the social media and then you're getting blocked all the time. You're getting taken down all the time and you're there thinking, oh, what am I at? Like, Why do you let it get you so much? It's not that I get, it's only now that I'm realizing I'm there. Where's it going if I can't, if every way of making money that you can do, if you're going to put all this effort into it and every, if you want to make money, you need advertisers, right? You need to get advertisers. Mm. But every advertiser wants you to be something else. Where not, I, not every advertiser, but most every, of them. Every one of them so far, for me. You have to understand, we're in a different ballpark, the two of us. Mm. And I'm not you, and you have a cleverer way of going. And I don't know. I, I, I refuse to... I'm just not going to deal with it. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, it's weird. Yeah. So I, 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 I worry sometimes. I'm there thinking, if this day's going like this, I'm going to... I'll just pull the plug on it. Because I don't know where, where it ends. Like, don't, don't be you sitting down with marketers and they pulling up stuff that you said six years ago and you'd have to remove them videos and, oh, you said this. All right, okay. Can you delete them? No. Something that I said years ago. One crowd met me and they wanted to do the podcast. Right. And... What do you mean they wanted to sponsor? Sponsor the podcast. Okay. And then she was on about, at the very end, on about all these videos that I pop. Oh, you said this. You can't do things like this. I was like, what did I do? Oh, you said you, you wouldn't come in your boot and kick it up into her. Now, it was totally taken out of context. It was a thing we done years ago in the van, just in the middle of a... <laughs> it was a nothing. In my head, it was a nothing. It's not really nothing, but go on in here. It was, for me, it was a nothing. Okay. And I was there. How far? I said, that's four years ago. Oh, it was three years ago. Yeah. And I was there. So what, what do you want me to do? Go through everything? I said, well, we can't have anything. I said, like, think about it. Like, just say this becomes really big. And this is what we want for you. And this comes up. And I was there. Everyone's heard it that follows me. The reason that people follow me is because of these things. I said, I don't believe in that. Anyone that follows me knows that I'm fucking devoted husband I have the ultimate respect for women yeah might not seem like that but it is that's the that's the reality of it and after that like all I can say is like look if you're not happy that's, that's fine yeah but you understand that they have a reputation to then don't keep as well approach me okay so yeah. why why come to me then and want uh, fill me with this shite and then waste my time well maybe they were just putting it out there that like we'd love to sponsor you and this is what we want to do but we're just asking would you take that down think about that like <laughs> no I know but you're you're set, you're setting your ways saying no right yeah but I'm 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 Alan's food emporium and Alan goes right we'll sell loads of food if I go to David Cuddy and offer him five grand to sponsor his podcast mm. right let's go and have a chat with him Yep. And then Mary, who works in marketing for me, says, that's a brilliant idea and we will sell loads of food. But when our customer, Siobhan, hears about the boot, 
she won't buy our food anymore and then people will boycott us because we're supporting a fellow that thinks that. But it's the equivalent of going over to someone when you're first hanging out with him and you go, do you remember six years ago <laughs> you done, you went out and you got taken with someone and you slapped him across the face. I would like you to apologise that. No, but it's different because it's on the internet. It's there forever. And it's like that happens every day of the week, David, where a footballer done yeah. a TikTok six years ago yeah, and, and now he's off the team because... the biggest problem that footballer had was apologising for it. That's how I feel. I just think they shouldn't apologise for it. How many times do you have to apologise if you start apologising? But there's brand integrity, like, they have to... They have to That's... Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Then don't... Well, it was worth having a conversation with you just to see if you'd delete it. Well, obviously it wasn't. You're not going light. Well, the moral <laughs> of the story is don't ask David to delete stuff. Don't ask me to delete stuff. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I deleted one video You once. might get a boot sponsor now. Who's a boot sponsor? Somebody that, that makes boots might sponsor you now after hearing this. Why? Which they might... I don't think I'm going to ever have sponsors. I'm going to sponsor myself. Well, that's it. At least, so you, <laughs> at least you can. And your shop, your phone is binging away there. I see it lighting if, up every two if, seconds if, with if, a Shopify sale. If everyone buys the real cool stuff that I'm selling, then I don't have to worry about all that shit. Yeah. But it is, it's worrying. I worry about my kids and I, I worry about Clark a lot. I worry about him more than I worry about Lily and Jane. I, I worry about how much you worry. You worry as a parent, don't you? You worry about your kids. Yeah. What do you worry about f- for Clark? Um, he's a rapist. What? Yeah. She's a man, isn't he? You're, you're, you're branded de- a demon the minute that you do anything. Can you imagine being a young lad now growing up? Everything's there. It never disappears. Every young lad's a fucking idiot. We're all fucking idiots. You can't win. You're, you're demonized as a man now. Well, when I think of all, the last four or five years, men, because of some horrible men, which is horrible everything. There's horrible everything out there. There's, there's rotten women, there's rotten men, there's hot, rotten everything. But the last year, you had to notice it. I couldn't believe it, the change. Oh, yeah, it's mega. It's mega. Talk to my son. It's um, really, it's really, it's really, I, I just worry about him. Yeah. When I was young, I did stupid things. Because you're, you're, you're a guy and they, they're going to think that they're, before they even start, they're going to think they're creeps. Before they even start, they're going to think they're too aggressive. Before they even start, they're going to think, oh, you're, you're, if, if they're hyper aggressive at sport, they're going to be too aggressive. If they're too assertive, there's something wrong with them. But the reality is if they keep, if they keep making men meek, there's going to be no strong men. And you need to be strong. I'm, I consider myself a strong man and I'm struggling. Because it all falls on me. Struggling with your what? You're struggling with what? Every, you, you always have times where you struggle. Whether it, it be financial difficulties, whether it be right now, I'm not feeling, I'm not my utmost best after my dad. But you still have to work because you're the breadwinner. And yeah, there is women making loads of money, but I'm 90% of men are out there bursting their hole, trying to make things work, trying to have enough for their women, trying to have enough for their... So many men. The amount of messages I get lads struggling, can barely pay their bills, are still getting up at half three in the morning, sitting in diggers, sitting 
on building sites, crying getting out of the car, knowing that they're going to work their balls off that week and have no money at the end of it. Yeah. Can't even tell their women the pressure they're under. And all they're listening to is, oh, fucking men are evil. I know a man that was let go from his job and he knew that I was going to bump into his wife last night and he called me and said are you going to that and I said yeah and he said don't tell my wife I've been laid off I haven't told her yet there you go and that's what lads do I've had two I'd say I couldn't count how many times but even in the last everyone t- you know I'm making loads of money yeah I, I've made some money I fucking spent shit loads of it too there's twice in the last uh, year that I've had Oh Jesus! So much money out and nothing coming in because I was waiting for stuff. And I'm there thinking this could this could ruin me. And I don't want to go to Vicky saying, "Here's another problem for you while you're trying to run a household." And Vicky keeps me going as well, but I keep her going by not telling her the stuff that she doesn't need to know. Everyone has their role, and everyone's struggling. And when you're listening to the radio and you're on about. All this fucking shit about men dominating the world and holding back women. I, 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 I don't see it. I don't see it. And I don't see a gender pay gap. I don't see any of that. I see most men bursting their hole to do what they can. Most men are at the top, have power, yeah, but sure. What percentage? Most men are poor. Most men are committing suicide. Most men are in jail. Most men die in wars. These are facts. Most men are homeless. Most men do jobs that are working away. So, like, when I'm getting all these messages from young lads struggling, I, I'm, young people, what, how is there so many young lads messaging me in such a state? It's so annoying. Like, you, you have all these young lads in, their, in college that are two years into their college course. They're only chaps. And t- they're, they're, com- they're feeling suicidal. And you're there. Don't worry about it. Like, you're a chap. Just work hard at something. But they expect everything to come to them. And you're there. Why do you think that? I'm 42. I'm still struggling. But it's the struggle that keeps you going. I think. I think. Because it's keeping me going. <laughs> it keeps everyone going. And anyone that I know. I don't know anyone that has anything that hasn't worked. And the last year and a half. The positive things that come out of social media. You meet people. You meet a lot of people you never thought you'd meet. And people that are successful. I don't see them with any handier life. I don't see them not hustling every day. I don't see them not struggling. I don't see them not going to bed every night knowing that they have... A hundred emails and loads of people working for him and the same struggles. I know what you mean and I can relate to what you're saying an awful lot because I was one of those people who was very lost and still am lost in a lot of ways. But I was feeling the way you were describing there and didn't know what to do and didn't know who to turn to and didn't see a way out. And I had to go and talk to somebody professionally. Hmm. And... The first person I went to, I said, oh, this is a lot of shite. And I just didn't connect with him. And then the second one I went to, I said, no, this is a lot of shite. 
and I didn't connect with her. But then the third person I went to absolutely changed my life. What was the difference? I think the third person I went to was older. She had a lot of living done. She understood me. She was more professional and she just got it. I felt the first one just wanted my money. I felt the second one wasn't listening to me and wanted to get to an issue that wasn't there. Instead of getting through all the issues to get to maybe, yeah, maybe you have mammy issues, maybe you have daddy issues because they all tell you it comes back to this or whatever. And I felt like the second one wanted to go straight to, right, let's go straight back to Hmm. what happened there. Instead of what's going on now, how do we fix what's happening right now? And how do we make you feel a little bit better about what's happening right now? I was working with a guy and felt like I was really getting bullied by him. I was going home at night, really unhappy with my life. Didn't want, to, didn't want to be here. Like, And the third person I went to, it took me two hours to get to her every Wednesday. And I had to drive to her every Wednesday. I had to pay her 50 or 60 euros every Wednesday. I didn't have that money. There was weeks where I was worried if I had enough diesel in the car to get to her so that I could pay her and get home. Hmm. And this is recent enough. This is like within the last five years. And I did it every week. And there's, there's people, there's only, there's only, I think there's only one person that knows this. And until in now. First, in the first session, did you have an aha moment with her? No, a bit like you. I think in the first session with her, I broke down. I think I, I, I just, that was one of the times where I was feeling probably what you're feeling in the last few days. I was exhausted. I just wanted to cry. I didn't know why I was crying. I, I was just very, very upset and very, very lost. And I felt like a very bad person. Why? Uh, um, and I had people making me feel like I was a bad person. Do you know? And maybe I was handling situations wrong. I think when you're with the job you had, yeah, you're kind of playing a character as well. You're trying to portray that you're happier than you are. And you have to be happy. Yeah. Like, but it, it can... So the minute the microphone goes on, the minute the microphone goes on, you're performing. Yeah. You can't, you can't go in and be that... Like, there was one day I dropped the dog off at the vet to be put down. Like, everyone knows I'm obsessed with cookie. Mm. And I, God... Excuse me. God only knows. She's done a shite job, but still, she's still alive. God only knows what uh, is going to happen when the day comes. But there was one day I was driving to Galway to be on the radio, and I dropped her off at the vet because she had this problem with her brain, and um, she was just she was just dead. She was just there with her tongue out, and she was still alive, but she was completely unresponsive. And I brought her into the vet, and he said, "Look, I think I think it's time." You know, I didn't really know what it was. It was like some brain oh, infection. And I dropped her off at the vet on the Galway Road, drove from Mayo to Galway. I cried the whole way to Galway. Cried my eyes out, like you did in the machine the last night. Hmm. I just cried and cried and cried and cried. I was sopping. I was sweating. My T-shirt was destroyed with tears and sweat. And I went into the radio station. And I had to stop crying. And I had to say, how are you getting on? Any old crack with you today? Jesus, it's a fucking great day, isn't it? I love this song. This is my favourite song ever. Hmm. And you do that for two or three hours. You get back into the car and you cry and you go home again. And you're absolutely exhausted. Like, when you're performing for those two or three hours, the tiredness after is something I can't even explain. 
I just can't. You're just exhausted. And it was similar to when I was going to talk to her. I'd only talked to her for an hour. And I had those days where I had to go home and go straight into bed and go to sleep. Mm. I physically could not stay awake another minute. And there was days, I was even lying to her about finances. There was days where she didn't know the half. She knew that there was problems. I didn't tell her that I was worried about Diesel and the car going home. But there was days where I think she picked up on it. And there was the odd day where I went to pay and she'd say, no, you're all right. Really? And I would go, because the type of person I am, I'd be here, no, 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 take it, take it, take it. And you'd throw it down and you'd do whatever. But I remember there was one day when I went to her and I thought, fuck, I hope she doesn't charge me today. I hope she doesn't charge me. It was coming up to Christmas. And I didn't let on. I didn't let on at all. And she said, no, um, I'm not taking it off you today and don't get cross me as this is Christmas. And I remember thinking to myself, thank fucking God. It's actually something that I worry about with you. What? Since I started knowing you. What do you worry about? You're, you're given to the point that has detrimental to you. Right. You, you, you're, you're always just willing to pay. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. And then when someone tries to pay for something, they go, ah, fuck her. I don't know. I don't know. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, I don't know where I got that because I don't know. I don't know where I got that. I honestly don't. I haven't a clue. My brother's very, very generous and he's the same. When, like, me and him go for lunch, we're like the two old women and Mrs. Doyle. Yeah. Fighting over it. Well, it's not too bad if it's like that, but if it's too much, it's, uh, you know, I can, people I have, can, people I, ha- can I have a small advantage. circle though. Like I have a very small circle. You know who's in my circle. Hmm. And I like being nice to people in my circle. Hmm. Do you know? I wasn't in your circle that long and you wanted to pay for everything I was doing. But <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, I must have known you were a good one. I must have known you were a good one. No, you didn't. I'd say so. I know, you just, uh, I do worry about that with you. I think that people could take advantage of you. Not sexually. Oh, well, definitely not sexually, unfortunately. But it's uh, it's easy to be taken advantage of this crack. Definitely. Like you have to have your wits about you. Yeah. I learned an awful lot last year with the gin. And I just learned an awful lot. And even the last few months, this, like leaving my day job was fucking... That was a big move. Massive. But sometimes you have to make big moves. Look, I, I, you, you, you were a fan of radio. Mm. You know, me and you, like I said, me and you are very different. Yeah. Uh, Alan's a huge fan of radio, and I'm always. I wish there was a radio station that I could turn on and I go, yeah, I think this is by unbiased. Uh, this this is unbiased. I wish I knew what I was hearing. Imagine I don't know who to believe anymore. Imagine there's that much confusion. Confusion. I don't know what is going on anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I was getting a haircut last week, and the barber says to me. What do you think the war is about? I said, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Nothing I think can change what's happening in Ukraine. No. What is the point in me listening to you now for half an hour about what you think Putin is doing and what you think your man is doing and what you think is happening? At the end of the day, I still have the same bills to pay. I still have to worry about doing what I'm doing this week and next week. And that's all I can worry about. All I can worry about is me. And if... The opportunity arises for me to do something or to help somebody, I'll do it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to 
be bogged down with what the fuck is is so if is, you're, is a hidden agenda behind what, what's happening somewhere else. What scares you? So when you what what scares you on a daily basis? I'm struggling a bit. I'm struggling a bit at the moment with the whole Instagram thing. It scares me a little bit. In what respect? So I went and did this bumblebee run for three days. Hmm. I was asked to go on it to raise awareness for Little Blue Heroes. I didn't know anything about Little Blue Heroes before this. Little Blue Heroes is a charity that helps um, children with severe illnesses. And it's ran by Angarda Shikona. And the guards give their time. They volunteer their time. And they they make honorary gardas out of these small kids that have serious illnesses. That's cool. So my brother's a guard and my dad was a guard and I have that kind of connection. To the, I want to be a guard. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I went along for the three days. But what I found, that was the first time where people wanted a piece of me, like what you had in Galway. Hmm. Every time I pulled up at a stop, there was somebody there for a photo. There was somebody there for a video. Yeah. There was somebody there for me, whatever. One... We were, the first night we got to the hotel, people were coming into the hotel looking for me. Coming into the function looking That's for me. That's cool. Yeah, but it was all very new to me. The second day we came down, there was somebody waiting at the lift for me. And that's fine. So, I suppose I'm just adjusting to that. I don't get why people really would wait an hour or two to get a photo with me or they want to meet me. I don't understand that. I get that. You get what? I get why someone would do that. Why? Because some people like a bit of a release. Some people will watch you and they get a little bit of joy out of it. Keeps them going. Let's see what Alan's at today. It's like watching your favourite soap. Right. It gives you a little bit of, I can relay. Yeah. I know this person. I could be like that. You know, maybe it's just a release from whatever they're going through. Yeah. And you give them a little bit of joy. Okay. So when I, at the start, when I started getting stuff like that happen, me, Garrett and Greg, we were there thinking, this is weird. Yeah. Someone wants a picture. Like, I remember the first time it happened. It was strange. Yeah. And now it's like, there's followers that I have that are genuinely, they're such nice people. And they oh. just want to meet you. And, and they follow you. And they're, they're following the journey. And they want to see how you're going. And they're the bread and butter of what you do. They're why you, you go, oh, fuck it, I'll stay doing it. Because they send you a message, go, oh, you keep me going. No, well, thank God I've had no bad experiences. But I'm just saying it's all very new. And you're... I just feel a bit of, a small bit of pressure um, around it. And also, the other thing is, when you're associated with a charity, I'd say I had 20 emails the Monday from 20 charities around Ireland. That's hard. Asking me to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's hard. And you can't reply to them all. I physically can't sit down here, read this big long email, and explain why I can't do it. And I find myself then a little bit annoyed that I haven't invested the time. Now I am slowly getting back to everybody. But then what I see, what I'm finding difficult is, somebody will contact you from a charity, but they'll send you a very, very personal Mm. message that's about 10 pages long mm. and I physically can't help them yeah no I can't you can't help everyone I can't I, there's nothing I can do I, I'm sorry but I can't help that person and then I'll say to them 
you know, I'm really sorry, but I, you know, this is happening on the 24th. I can't be there on the 24th. I can't do anything for you. I'm sorry. Mm. And then what they'll do is they'll find somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody and either get my phone number or ask somebody to be there on the 24th. So then somebody that I owe a favour to is ringing me and saying, here, will you come down on the 24th? And then you're like, well, I I can't. I can't be there. And then they're constantly finding a connection. Yeah. And that's that's overwhelming me a little bit now. At the that's minute. hard. And I struggle with that at start as well. And I can't and I can't it, express how many of them I get. Yeah, it happens. Like last week I was asked to do a GoFundMe thing for someone that I knew from my village. Yeah. And I'd done it because I knew him. I knew the family and I went to school with his sister and stuff. And after that then maybe 100 GoFundMe pages. Can you share ours? Can you share ours? Yeah. And the same as what you said. It's, yeah. it's difficult. But then there's really strange stuff that happens you know when you get a volume of messages I was telling you about this it blew my mind a guy messaged me and he says my friend's after dying in a car crash and he's after leaving behind a wife and two kids and could you just they'd really appreciate it if you could do a video saying I'm sorry he died but he was great fucking crack he was a mad cunt they'd yeah. love if you done that Yeah. now when you get I learned at the start, some people send stuff that's fake. Like you, you yeah. So when you get stuff like that, this guy wants me to send something to someone that's husband's only after dying, even yeah. though it's not him, it's his friend's wife. Yeah. He can't do that. That's un- unwarranted. And then about a day later, fuck you, Cuddy. You're all about yourself. You're a selfish bastard. Now, this exactly happened. So, like, you got a message. I was reading down through the thread. About three months ago, this fella contacted you and said, you're brilliant. Mm. Then last night, he contacted you and asked you for something. And this morning, he sent you a message saying, you're up your own hole. You're up your own hole. You don't care about anyone. You're only in it for the money. You're only in it for the money. That's what he said to you. And and it was like, it was an unwarranted. Could you imagine sending someone, imagine a wife after losing her husband. Oh, he was a mad fucking cunt. I don't know. She mightn't even fucking like him. There's, There's people that just don't think. And you can get upset over that or you can go, look at this, this is... And I sent you that going, look, this is what you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. This is what happens. This is this is the kind of stuff that you can't let bother you. Yeah. Even though it's a very attacking thing and he's going off telling you, oh, Cody's all about his fucking... He's all about the money. No, David's all about his family. I'm all about my own, my family, my friends. Because you have nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. You have to block out. I like I block out as much as I can, but Jesus, it's it's hard to block out the, the um the charity stuff and the bad news because, like you said, you you want to help people and you want to do and the you best can you can. Understand where they're coming from because they they're desperate and they need help. Yeah. And if it was your kids, or if it was your husband, yeah, you do the same thing. And that's what you have to deal with in your head. You yeah. know, I can't do it all. And if you're to just every day do a GoFundMe, no one would listen to you anymore. No one would watch. Yeah. It'd be like tread after tread. Yeah, if you GoFundMe. shared every GoFundMe you were sent, you'd have 100 GoFundMe stories a day. Yeah. And you'd have no viewers. Mm. And that'd be the end of that. Yeah. When are you get married? <sighs> I do you ever think about getting married? I'd love to get married. Did we not talk about this before? No. We did, but we were cut off 
right when I wanted to ask you the real pressing questions. Um, do I, I'd love to get married. I'd love to. Well, I'm not that bothered about getting married. I'd love to meet somebody and have that connection with them. I'd like to have what you have with Vicky. Yeah, I'm very lucky with Vicky. You can say anything to Vicky. Hmm. And she'll just tell you to feck off. But that happened over years. That wasn't like that at the very start. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm complicated, you know? I'm complicated. What makes you complicated? What makes you think you're complicated? All the shit that's going on. Do you know? Should I never stop? Who would want... No, who you would do want stop. When you go home, and you go home most nights, you go into your house, yeah. you have your little dog there, you do stop. <laughs> like, what, what's, your, what's your... So, Alan Clark, if you're, you're home for the night. What do you like to do? I don't want to hear about wanking stories and yours. I just want to hear, like, what do you like to do? What's your thing? You like to go for your soccer. I know that. You like to play a game of soccer. I haven't had to play soccer for the last month or two because of my ankle, but... Um, Watch a bit of television. Do you like movies? I love going to the cinema. I love going to the cinema. I never get to go now. Yeah. I love that. Eating in restaurants and going to the cinema are my two favourite things. You're the perfect man. What do you mean? You're the perfect man for a woman out there. Eating and going to the cinema? Yeah. No, you'll be fucking 40 <laughs> stone when you're 60. <laughs> Full of popcorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poke me and I'd pop. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's mad. I can't understand why you're not a married man. Ara, stop. Stop now. Stop. I think you, you you just probably... You don't like yourself enough. <laughs> I know I do. I don't give a shite as much as I used to. I used to be very hard on myself. I think you're still hard on yourself. You're hard on yourself. You 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 sit there and you tell me that I'm hard on myself and I push myself and you're the very same. There's no difference. What's the difference? <laughs> you where were you tomorrow? Clare Island. Clare Island. Where are you now? Port Leash. Where were you the day before that? I can't remember. Um, you're flat out. Where was I the day before that? You're 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 as busy as I am. Yeah. You mightn't have the kids. But you're still keeping busy. Yeah, I have a lot of irons and a lot of fires. So I think um, instead of you telling me to calm down, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I had your money, though, maybe, I could calm down. Maybe you should. I, if I what, do you know what? If people knew uh, how I, much money I spend every week, I know. they'd be shocked. Get up in the morning. I walk down to the kitchen. I make my own coffee. <laughs> I tip up to the wood. Or I go to the office, depending on what shift I'm working. Yeah. And I wouldn't go to the shop all week. Now, Vicky, on the other hand, she could spend a few pounds. But not as bad as she used to. She's got real clever. Got rid of the car. Got rid of the Skoda. And she bought an old car. Now, that's the Protestant dinner. The you know what colour she bought? You know what colour she wanted? Brown. No. You, you couldn't write this. What? And I was there, that's the colour you want. That's the exact car I want. I said, it's a colour com- combination. She goes, yeah, what? I said, it's black and tan. <laughs> I said, are you fucking joking? It's black I'm not, and tan. I'm not commenting here. <laughs> you're, you're the only one allowed to comment on that. But, yeah. um, there's, there's awful emphasis on my... That's another thing that's put me under pressure lately. Don't tell me that. There's an awful lot of emphasis on my marital status at the moment. Because you're a bachelor. 
Yeah, but it's it's a big thing, like. It's a big thing. Everyone you talk to brings it up. It's like it's like people are trying to find out why they're no, so... No, like, they're looking for the next part of the story. No. They're following the Alan Clark story and they want to know who is the woman. No, the majority Who of them, will be the woman. The majority of them think I'm going to come out and say I'm gay. Are you gay? No. Well then, they're wondering, are you gay? Are you, well, you going to get thing. a woman? Maybe, maybe, maybe they think you do have a woman and you're just keeping it secret. Do you think that doesn't happen? No, but it'd be no harm if I did. Like if I think I'd... Jesus, I... If she got half the fucking shite I get, I'd have to keep her a secret. The woman? Yeah. She wouldn't. But, like, imagine if you were trying to find somebody now. I'd die. To go out with David Cuddy, that fella. I wouldn't like it. From the internet. Mm. It's very hard. You get loads of sex. Yeah, but I'm not in it for the sex. But it'd be, I'd, I would find it difficult because I don't go to nightclubs. I don't go to discos. I don't go to bars. Yeah. So I, I suppose I would find it difficult. Yeah. I oh god, if I I would hate if I I'd hate if I lost Vicky. I don't think about it as much as everyone else thinks about it. Like everyone, an awful lot of people say it to you, and an awful lot of people, why are you single and blah blah blah, and are you gay, and you'll be spotted with some fella, and he's like, oh, are the two of you seen each other because this isn't going to do a lot for it. Alan Clark walking into his hotel room with Wait. some <laughs> five foot ten fucking guy. And the room booked under somebody else's name. Yeah. My name. Me checking in. How are you doing? Uh, I'm here to have a room booked tonight. What's the name? David Cuddy. <laughs> I, I paid for Alan's room tonight because when we went to Galway tonight, he paid for everything. Never let me put my hand in my pocket. <laughs> Bought everything and I was there. How much do I owe you for that? Ah, uh, Ara, it's all sorted. You can look after me the next time. And then today, when I said, Are you coming up? I want to book your room. You won't. You won't book the room. I'm fucking booking the room. And I was there. You promised me you can't. And this is why I say to you, Stop doing things like that. Right. Okay. I'll stop paying for anything anymore. Well, it's, you know, share and share alike. <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about. How do you feel now after this chat? I sure I always feel good after talking to you. You're, it's not hard to talk to you. You're a nice guy. <laughs> you know, you, you Instagram you, versus reality. Yeah, like everyone thinks Alan is a boss. Sex fucking icon and shut up, <laughs> will you? <laughs> talking shit. You know, they, like you, you you look at Alan and you think Alan Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But he's one very successful. He's just he's just very normal. Ryan Reynolds, very successful gin company, Alan Clark, very yeah. unsuccessful gin company. But, <laughs> but whatever about me, what what what's next for you? What is next because for me? Because you're the one that has made the big changes. You've left your full time job. So yeah. what's the plan? How are you making money? How are you doing your thing? How are you spending your time? How are you organizing yourself? It's tough. I'm spending a lot of time talking and meeting and just a lot of time going from That's A to wearing, B. That's It is. It's very wearing, yeah. Now, I have a plan. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm hoping to release a product in October. Why is it? I'm not going to say because if it falls to shite, then I'm not going to. You'll gonna. tell me after. I will, yeah. But um, that's what I'm planning and I hope that that can happen and that goes well. And then I'm getting the odd little gig there, like Sangri de Toro contacted me from... That was cool. From Barcelona or wherever they're based. And Cadbury's. So nice. I'm doing the odd gig like that. So but you're getting all the big boys. But then 
so I turned like I turned down a lot. Like I turned down one every second day. Because like that, you don't want to you don't want your page to be all ads. Hmm. But you have to do the odd one. You have yeah. to pay the bills. Yeah. Um and I'm getting used to the people giving you abuse for doing it. Hmm. Do you know? The second you do it, somebody will pop up and tell you your bollocks for Yeah, doing you have it. to ignore the good opinion of other people. Yeah. Do you know? So I'm it's all very new. It's all very new. I didn't think sure like this all happened to me taking the piss out of influencers six months ago or twelve months ago. Hmm. Me here going, Oh my god, can't believe I'm on my last whatever and then Big news coming soon. Cadbury's ringing you saying, Will you release our new chocolate bar? I love I love I love the format of your last podcast. As someone that sits in a machine. Yeah. And me and you often talked about this because you helped me when I started off my podcast and I wanted to do long form conversation and you yeah. were there, mm, you know, people don't have an attention span, but they do. People are interested in people. They yeah. just want to hear what's going on and they want to pass the day. It's like me most of the time, just sitting in a machine. I just want something different. I want, I want to know what's going on. Even like, it doesn't matter who it is. You just want to hear their story. Yeah. I want to hear people's stories. People all have such an interesting story. And I thought you've done a great job of seeing his story and hearing it. Well, thank you very much. But yeah. like you do the exact same. Like uh, yeah, but it's no format. That's the that's the secret mm. sauce. The secret sauce is just come in on the microphone. Yeah, that's. I'd find it difficult. I'm. I'd find a structured one very difficult. Yeah, but so would I. Ah, you're good at. No, because I've I've been structured for so long. Like when you're in radio, you have to play that song at that time and say this. Yeah. So I've done all that. I've done that for years. So it's very easy for me to come in here and turn on the microphone and just talk. And not have to work, not have to be looking at the clock and worry about playing this sponsor and that ad. What do you think the most questions I get asked on about the podcast, my podcast? Who, who, what do you think I get asked the most? The most question you get asked about your podcast. The, the question you get asked the most about your podcast. I don't know. I'm trying to think what questions do I, I don't get any asked. I don't get asked any. So I have no idea. I haven't a clue. They always say, you should have Alan on it the whole time. You're great together. <laughs> it's a great dynamic. It's a great dynamic. You know, because Alan's single and Alan's in a different place and then you're in another place and you're so different. Yeah, but people would get bored of that every week. Mm. I think if me and you were doing it every week, it would get boring. But I do, I do agree. I think we're, I think we're um, very well matched and I think that's why we're such good friends. Mm. Friends. I think, yeah, no, I th- I think that's why we've we've um, become such good friends because I think we both um, get each other, and we're both cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was when you asked me to do this podcast, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it with anyone else because I'm worried about going down and doing my own one even. Yeah. Again, since dad, because I was wondering how I'd cope with it so I, I it's after giving me a little bit of a you know i'll be all right good i'll tip away yeah i was a bit worried about that are you worried about walking down to the reception now with all this gear no why would i it looks a bit dodged doesn't I it i was barred out here before it looks like <laughs> it looks like we're after doing one of these prime time investigates, investigates. yeah and then by the window and everything david cuddy <laughs> yeah you're by the window you're just a silhouette in front of the window yeah, i'm a whistleblower david cuddy exposes the timber industry yeah. it's not real timber all shower it's plastic yeah 
It's all plastic. Plastic trees. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Thanks right. a million, Alan. Mind yourself. Love you. Bye. Love you too. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie